You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Find more great shows like this at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. My name is Chris Spangle. I am the host of this fine program. To everybody watching for the first time, we welcome you to the show. And thank you so much for joining us. In just a moment, Harry, Reinhold, and I are going to discuss the COVID-19 virus that is uh, pandemicking the hell out of the world. So we'll uh, cover all the aspects. Uh, initially, we're going to have several several shows on this, obviously, because it's uh, world-changing. So we begin that coverage right now after this. Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh... Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome to the program. My name is Chris Spangle. It is so nice to have you here with us tonight. We are going to be covering what is the coronavirus and what is happening. And uh, we're going to give you some of our initial thoughts about things. Uh, and frankly, this is going to be a, um, a multi-night show. And so uh, let me introduce my co-host first. Let's uh, get that out of the way before we jump into everything. Um, as always, joining us is Harry Price. Harry, how are you? Going good. Going good. A little cramped inside the house and down to like some some supplies, but I'm doing good. All right, good. And, and Ryan, hold, how are you holding up? I'm doing great. Just uh, disembodied vo- ahead now, it looks like. You're head in front It's like Hal 9000 over there. You, uh, I do have this shirt. Morose, you got your Morose oh, shirt. Yeah, I have Morose. not gotten mine yet. Yeah, the We Are Libertarians <laughs> has a store now. I decided to launch so many new uh, products and things around We Are Libertarians the week before the world fell apart. So, <laughs> classic <laughs> wall, Harry. Classic, just so classic. Marketing <laughs> genius is what. Marketing it is. genius. I was just about to launch all kinds of different businesses, and here we are. Um, but I'm so excited to be here because I have been uh, pent up, not quarantined. I'm I'm deemed essential by my uh, community because I work in radio. Uh, so I I I've never worked harder in my life. Uh, some of you are enjoying what seems to be an extended, uh, what will probably be an eight month spring break, <laughs> which we'll get, we'll get to. Um, but Reinhold, you're built for this. You never leave the house. <laughs> yeah, I, 
my my day has not changed. My week has not changed from what I normally do. <laughs> no I appreciable life change. without walking out my front door. So get uh, and then give Harry some t- Harry. Have you been? Are you home? Have you been in quarantine? Did your work said no? Don't come in. Uh, since my job's mostly c- considered manufacturing, uh, I you know I have to go out there. But my t- task have been trying to get the office personnel so they can work remotely. So I've been struggling to get that done. And after I do the last ones tomorrow, I have been dubbed to stay at home for the rest of the IT team. So, yeah, you are you're in IT. So like me, I'm one of the more technically proficient people around my workspace. And so I've been uh, the reality is that we are facing an inconvenience for the next couple weeks, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk. Um, we'll just get, we'll just get into it. Let's kind of jump into it instead of, uh, bantering too much about ourselves. Um, should we talk about what the virus is or should we talk a little bit about the overall, what we think, where we're at, what's going to happen, that sort of thing? What, what, what do you think people prefer to hear first? We can talk about what it is. All right. Um, so, and and be sure to ask questions on the YouTube chat. We're sharing this wide, and we're we're going to continue to share this. We're looking at doing a nightly TV show every evening around seven o'clock, uh, anchoring some coverage and keeping up with things. Because I had a lot of thoughts, and I was sharing them on Facebook and Twitter. And by the time we got to this show, everything people thought I was insane. Harry, uh, you you said a month ago public apology to harry because you know last week i was saying hey corn if you look at italy if you look at other countries they're going to start shutting stuff down here you need to go to the store you need to get what you need you need to get your essentials you know i'm stocked up for months now on on the things that i use on a daily basis because supply chains are probably going to be disrupted and so uh you know everybody was like you're overreacting you're acting crazy i'm like no i'm acting rationally because the reality is i don't trust everybody else to act rationally and they're not going to prepare. And then they're going to slam the supply chains even harder. But you said at the end of one of our shows, I missed it. I don't remember hearing it. How long ago did you say uh, this is going to be a thing? Pay attention. I think it has been more than two weeks ago. Cause when I came on, it was, it was, hmm? it was about a month ago. Cause when yeah, we month- first, when it first kind of hit the news, Chris and I were kind of joking around a little bit about it, saying, you know, what's this coronavirus or what we couldn't we didn't remember the name of it because it just hit the news at that point. I did. I, I remember you saying, I'm you know, got to be careful about this. I'm getting prepared. I so, thought this was a complete swine flu. This is a nothing. This is the avian bird flu. No, come on. We go through this every time. I've lived through all these things. And what really changed my attitude was the day that Italy shut down was the day that Joe Rogan released a podcast with an epidemiologist named Michael Oberg. I still think it's one of the best pieces of media that I've seen so far. And I listened to that guy talk about it, and it it made me, it scared me. And so I started really researching it And uh, last week, and I went, this is going to be bad, and it's not the, it's not the virus that's bad, it's the overwhelming of the medical system. And then you started seeing social distancing pop up and like, okay, here's a solution. Um, we may or may not be taking it too far now, but 
better safe than sorry, I guess. So you, you, what did you see early on, Harry, that, that I didn't see that I thought was just a joke? Uh, was the uh, Chinese government response because the, the the adage is the Chinese government's going to lie. They are going to lie to us, right? They're going to hide. They were hiding facts. They were hiding facts since, uh, which is now we've been found out since November. But there's like small eeklings of this this massive disease that's going through and it's taking people out, right? And um, when it like, but people like, ever kept talking about the quarantine, but I started looking at it. What they were talking about when they talk about the spread of it was this was right during Chinese New Year's. So everything was taken off, so people were going and traveling everywhere. And it's like, okay, so it's already been spread out there. This awful disease that no one has any infection about. It's been spread. Quarantine has been broken, and I just started watching videos of people taking like the worst case scenario of numbers of different things of you know, and just watching it's like, okay, and this is how this thing spreads. Yeah. And I just and it just started to you know uh, shout out to uh, it was a Tim Pool it was a Tim Pool video uh, that started getting me freak out and uh, Terrence Pop bad pop yeah good old Terrence Pop ridiculous dot com uh, one of his videos when he was doing the math of it is telling people to go out and get your shit tickets toilet paper shit tickets okay um, I wish we had been a little earlier on this because I think that um, I think people in this audience probably were fairly prepared but I think uh, you know I called some family members uh, this weekend and I go you need you you have small children and you don't know how th- bad things are gonna get you need to be prepared and I, I think that the uh, there's too many libertarians and conservatives that are mocking the quote-unquote panic uh, and I don't think that it was panic. I think it, it, when I was in line on Thursday and Friday, I would I would talk to people, and I the the attitude was really like, you know, everybody's going to be stuck at home. People eat out a lot. We need to get we need to get some you know a couple weeks worth of food. They were being very rational in, in their in what they were doing. They weren't panicking. Nobody was freaking out. You know, there wasn't. Everybody was super polite as you went out to the stores this past weekend. I, I just don't. the The other thing is the NBA and the NCAA. They don't walk away from billions of dollars. These companies don't walk away from volunteer voluntarily walk away from billions of dollars for no reason. You know, right. and and I think that's when everybody. Uh, yeah, I think. I think that was a beautiful moment. There, there has been almost no leadership from any quarter in in our society on this, except for the NBA and the NCAA. Who uh, I don't. Reinhold, did you see this? Apparently, somebody said on a podcast somewhere, which is my my source, that the administration told Disneyland and the NBA not to close down because it would hurt the economy. Have you heard that? I believe any? that. All right. I. I, I probably have heard that but i would believe it wholeheartedly um and also south by southwest canceling too yeah that was another yes. big one we at so, work we canceled all of our events and it was a really like hard decision because at the time nobody really had like all right what should we do and then that rogan podcast popped up and like i don't trust brian williams or lester holt but joe rogan has a credible epidemiologist on it i'm like okay yeah, you know, and I think that speaks and volumes to where we're at in, in terms of how people trust the media and why so many people don't believe that this is a real situation. And it's it's also, um, I mean, there was a lot of other things like that. I, I saw a couple other podcasts I, I watched have bring on some infectious disease doctors or or mm-hmm. uh, epidemiologists, and it it was they were telling a story that was uh, it's worse than what 
you're hearing, but it's, it may not be as bad as it could be. So we've got some room in here that we can, we can manage this if we, we act quickly and we haven't been acting, acting quickly enough. And they were kind of raising the alarm, but how is it that, how, you know, we're getting our news. We're getting the best news we're, about this from Joe Rogan, as opposed to the CDC or the, or the administration or the government or from the other news outlets. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I think it's a good thing because the more information we have, the better, uh, even if it might get people a little panicky, I think the more information is going to counter anything else that's going on right now. Yeah. So let me, let me give you some information on what we're doing and how we're handling this and how we're approaching this. Um, because I want you to understand kind of how we're coming at this stuff, especially if you are not familiar with us. This is your first time watching us. Um, I clearly do not hold a degree in epidemiology. Um, I am not an expert in most of the subjects that we talk about. And so what we really try hard to do is go find sources from multiple experts from every corner around a subject. We put them into our show notes. We attach our show notes to every episode description so you can see. I mean, I am sitting here in front of show notes that Sam Schultz puts together for us. There is probably 20, 25 pages worth of show notes that we've prepared for this particular episode. Um, we've been bathing in this, collecting information to try and understand exactly what's going on to give you what to give you the information that you need to know where and how to respond to this. And because there's too many people who don't think it's anything and too many people who think it's going to be Mad Max Thunderdome. And the answer is that this is going to be a very difficult time for America, for the world, and for every one of us listening that it, personally. Uh, the, you know, my industry last week was really hard hit. And many people in, in my industry lost a lot of money in an industry that can't afford to lose any money. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've got comedian friends who are not working for the next two months and their side job is a restaurant server. They're carrying the pain. But then you sit, you think about a meal at a restaurant and you're sitting down in front of that meal. And if you're at Chick-fil-A eating a sandwich, there's 40 different suppliers that go into that one meal. Now you multiply that network effect by every meal in that restaurant times every restaurant times all restaurants. And you think, okay, the cup supplier, the ink supplier for the cup, the potato farmer, the fry maker, like all those all down that supply chain, there's going to be a lot of economic pain. It's not just not just restaurant workers or event workers. It's everybody that goes into that there. There um, someone was at lunch downtown. The Big Ten was supposed to be here last week. It canceled. And Tad Western was at a bar. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and and he was sitting next to a guy who worked for the largest sports agency in America, and they lost $100 million last week. And that's now, you know, like I said at the top, like we, we were planning on uh, really growing several different areas of this business, and we're not going to be able to do it now, like, because we don't know what's going to happen. So the economic pain of things are real. It's 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 going to be very difficult. Our lives not only are going to be disrupted. This is the first time that millennials have walked into a store and have not seen exactly what they want when they want it on the shelves or on Amazon. And that may be that way for a period of months in some cases, because if everybody's not working for the next three months 
or two months or even two weeks, then how's the supply chain moving? So you have to think of this as in, in a macroeconomic sense. It's, it's, we, we live in such a complex society with so many moving parts that go into things. Uh, it isn't just the people that are, uh, here's another example of interconnectedness. The largest food bank on the South side is the impact center where I go to church at Mount Pleasant Christian church. And that food bank is funded by the church, which is not meeting at least for the next couple weeks, probably, let's just be honest, probably for the next two months, everybody's going to be in the, in the state that they're in today, right? At home, nothing's open. And that hopefully does not have an impact on offerings because that offering goes to help buy the food that goes into the largest food pantry on the south side, which is a poorer part of the south side, lots of immigrants. And a lot of the food that they buy is the extra from Meyer, from Walmart, from Kroger. Walmart is the largest supplier of food to the Gleaners Food Bank, which is the food bank that buys massive amounts of food and distributes it to, uh, to all the local food banks. And so now that you have a run on food and you have fewer offerings than and the need spiking that creates a very complex problem for the most economically disadvantaged in our society. So everybody's feeling very nervous right now. Um, so uh, I, I would ask everybody to pray for my mom. Um, I got dinner with her last night and it was a tough dinner because she's a nurse. She's older um, you know, and she's got some, she, she's, she's a high risk person to be a nurse for sure. And she's like, I'm going to be on the front lines as much as I can. I live alone. I don't have uh, all my older kids are grown. I have a lot of experience, you know, and my mom is choosing to walk into the fire and knowing what we see in every other country around the world at, the, at hospitals, she's choosing to go and be a part of that. And, uh, whether or not you, dear listener, think that this is real or that somehow America, the greatest country in the world, is immune to what every other country on earth has faced, it doesn't make the anxiety around economic situations or anxiety around what the next few weeks will look like for people like my mom and the people who are out of work and I would just say to, uh, to anyone listening, but especially some of my hardcore libertarian friends, now is the time to highlight how much peaceful cooperation works. When the NBA and the NCAA walked away from billions of dollars, they sacrificed a tremendous amount, knowing how much that will hurt the economy, will hurt their employees, it will hurt the most vulnerable rungs of their organizations but it was for the social good. They did it without government intervention because they did it because it was the right thing. In our situation at work, the ethical dilemma of holding an event and somebody getting hurt or sick or contributing to the problem was so much greater to us than the lost revenue. And I think that uh, people like my mom people like these business owners who are, are walking away from 
you know, voluntarily. I think, I think that this is sort of the only leadership that I'm seeing. And I think that it is going to be a time over the next few months where we're going to see the absolute best in people. And we're going to do it because we have a lot of empathy for each other and a lot of love for each other as human beings. Uh, I woke up to a friend sending me a message from VIP Kid, which is uh, uh, if you are out of work, you may try VIP Kid. You teach English to, to kids in China. And this little girl had drawn her teacher. It was on the VIP Kid Reddit. This little girl had drawn a plane dropping supplies from China to America because she wanted her teacher to be okay. Um, and I think that that is a testament to the human spirit that Z can spread rumors about how America started this and how this was an American conspiracy to infect the Chinese people for his own good. But the little girl in China who sees what's going on in her society wants her teacher to be okay, even though they've never been in the same room and never will be. And so... Because there's no leadership, when you think back to 9-11 and you think of those goosebump speeches that President George W. Bush gave, and it doesn't matter what you think about George W. Bush now, but when you think about that time and you saw people standing up and being leaders, and it doesn't matter what you think about Rudy Giuliani now, when we think of them then, we remember leadership. I watched the press conference where Donald Trump came out and he talked about how great it was that the Fed was cutting interest rates. And then he walked off the stage. And he was doing that because for months he's been obsessing over the fact that the Fed has raised interest rates because it hurts his economy, which hurts his reelection chances. And so Donald Trump, at this moment of crisis, who called this a hoax 19 days ago, and America hasn't prepared and has set up hurdles every rung uh, in creating tests because Donald Trump didn't want to panic his economy. We are now woefully underprepared in testing. In the six weeks we didn't build tests, a German company did, they built like 1.6 million in that time. And so now here in Indiana, if you want to get a test, it's a two-week wait. Friday, if you called to get a test, it was $900. And you had to have a ton of different... It wasn't a drive through testing service, which is starting to pop up. So what happens? People don't go get a test. They keep going to work. They go to the grocery store. They don't self-quarantine. And the disease gets worse. That's failed leadership. So I tune into the Democratic debate on Sunday just to see if the Democrats could offer any other leadership. Bernie Sanders' solution is to give you Medicare for all, which will take at least five years to implement. When we need action in five days, and I'm not talking about government action, don't get your panties in a bunch, I'm talking about leadership. There's a difference between government action and leadership. And Joe Biden just decided to stand up and bash Donald Trump. And so, in the absence of leaders who don't have the ability to come and save you, because the federal government was in charge of one thing, and it was testing. And they failed us. The federal government cannot save you. They're not going to. Stop looking to political leadership in moments of crisis. You are in charge of yourself, and you are in charge of saving your community. 
and your family. And I think if you're listening to this show, you have to understand that you are responsible for the people that are within walking distance of your living situation now. If you have older people, check up on them. Because if there are mandated travel restrictions, then there may be an elderly person in your neighborhood whose son or daughter cannot come and help them. And they may need somebody to check up on them. There may be a family that has no one working in their household. And they may need help with food. They may need help with paying their bills. And you may have enough to do that. Uh, you know, talking to the food bank... They said that the scariest part is in three months when the need is still spiked and nobody's motivated to help. So I think that this is a great opportunity for each and every one of us to step up and start being leaders to the people that live within our walking distance of our house. But that's going to take you talking to those people. So when everybody's out walking intentionally saying hi how are you and not just as a how are you let me keep walking so i can listen to this podcast how are you is there anything i can do for you and if you're in a situation where you're the one in need when somebody asks how are you tell them you're in need because when somebody steps up and says i'm in need somebody steps up and helps that person i i've seen it hundreds of times a year <laughs> in interviews that I do on my radio show here in Indianapolis called Now Hear This, where we talk to charities. It's full of thousands of people in these, in these dozens of organizations that step up and say, I'm ready to fill a need. And so you may not have been prepared for this. You may not have enough, but the reality is, as long as everybody listening to this lives out peaceful cooperation, starts to be gentle to people, uh, because every single person that you're going to come across is going to be hurt by this. Because you cannot stop China's economy, and then Europe's economy, and then America's economy for three months, and not have economic pain, not have physical pain, not have personal little tragedies like college students who are graduating from college and they're the first one in their family and now they don't get to walk in graduation all the way to my elective cancer surgery isn't going to happen now and I don't know what's going to happen. And so in the 1918 panic, there's very little... Uh, why do, you th why do you think you've probably not heard of the Spanish flu? You've heard about World War I, heard about World War II. But you don't really know much about the Spanish flu. And 100 million people died and 700,000 Americans died. And that's not when we had 7 billion people on the planet. We had maybe a billion. People were so ashamed. David Brooks just wrote a great article about how people act in pandemics. People are ashamed of how they acted to a profound degree through the Spanish flu that books and movies and plays were not written about it because hospitals were overrun and they called for volunteers and nobody stepped up. Neighbors asked for food and nobody provided. 
The society that we live in is completely different than 1918 society in America. We have a tremendous amount of abundance. And yes, the shelves are empty right now. They're going to be restocked. The supply chains will gear back up. We will have as close to normal as I think. We're not going to have martial law, in my opinion. We're going to have an inconvenient, for most of us, an inconvenient period of about eight months. But through that eight months, there's a significant portion of our society that is going to have more than an inconvenience. And those of us who are inconvenienced can make sure that it's less painful for them. And I just would say to people who are inconvenienced and upset that they can't buy whatever they want off of Amazon and I can't go get that couch from Kittles today and Target isn't open so I can buy this thing that I don't need. Uh, this kind of economic insecurity is what a lot of people in this country feel every single day. That feeling of panic and fear is what a lot of people in this country feel every day. And that's what a lot of them are saying to us. And a lot of us have not been listening. And so I look at this as a great opportunity because how often have we continually said, I just don't have enough time to read. I'd love to spend more time with my family. You know, this society doesn't value the right things. It's too commercialistic. This society is... Bad in these certain ways. And I just wish we'd go back to the old ways that my grandparents did it. Well, for the next two months, you have the opportunity to do that and to embrace things that you didn't have time to do because you were chasing stuff. And so use this as an opportunity to rebalance your life, to find things that you love about your friends, about your family, about your community, and about hobbies that you enjoy. Uh, so I don't see this as necessarily a bad time it is a great opportunity for us to accept this adjustment with grace, with courage, and with decency towards other people, with empathy, and to change things about our life. We may, in two months, appreciate things that we didn't appreciate before. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll bring in... Uh, Reinhold and Harry. I think that there are parts about this that because no human being on earth has ever faced a pandemic. And so everybody's treating it like it's a blizzard or a hurricane. <laughs> Their prep is like, this is a three day event and they don't really understand what's it. I don't really, I I've had to really do my homework to do this show um, so I, I just don't know that people are totally prepared and because they're not prepared to do something they didn't choose and they don't want to do, there's a lot of anxiety around it instead of looking at this as a positive to step up, be a leader in your community and also change things about our lives that we, we may appreciate more with some time off. Harry. It's you're absolutely correct with that. It's embrace the time off. Embrace the time at your house. Have the, you know, I know it's funny. It's, 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 it's funny to say like the memes, like I wish I could be at home more or something like that. I've, I enjoy it. 
granted, I just bought another house, so my honeydew list at home is massive, right? But it is neat being around, watching spring happen in my backyard and be able to actually sit there and have time to watch it happen, pull stuff out. And then with the new house, we're discovering new plants that are growing up. Uh, we just found out these uh, today, actually, um, that apparently the previous owner planted a crap ton of tomatoes in the backyard. And they're, <laughs> I mean, a lot. Really? Yeah, so um, I'm gonna try to keep care of them. I'm not. I don't have a green thumb, so if we're going to be stuck at home for the next few months, uh, my experiment is to see how I can keep these tomatoes alive. <laughs> I don't know. How, I it's probably going to be an epic fail. Don't expect photos, and don't expect me to be like you know just cooking like all these tomatoes. I'm probably going to kill them, but I'll do my best. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but what I like to, uh, but on a positive note of some of our positive notes is while I was sitting at the, uh, you know, trying to get all these people to work remote, a lot of people, a lot of like, a lot of the tech millennials are like, well, I'm a tech, you know, I, I can do this. I, I, I do all this. If I can do this remotely. I was like, yes, yes, you can. But we are st- all that art, all that code, everything that you do is based off manufacturing inside the, the, the warehouse. Mm-hmm. If the warehouse has to stop there's no reason for you to do any of that code there's no reason for you to do any artwork there's no reason for you to reach out to customers to get more sales they stop you stop the magic money stops coming because business is not profitable so we've got so it's like i'm kicking everyone out of the office yes it's a good thing do not gloat for the warehouse workers because they have to be here to keep manufacturing going right i'm we're getting rid of you office workers to lower the number of people in this place. Right. You know, it's the please, you know, it's like, it's please leave. We need just essential employees at the warehouse as much as possible. So, you know, so we're, there is just 25 people in every area and please do not meet, please do not mingle. Because if you, and this is not a shameless plug, but just telling people, like if you were to buy something from the, we are libertarian store, then Harry's company is the one that, fulfills those orders so you you know you have a lot of people sitting around and then they order something like they're online shopping Mm -hmm. that that kind of industry is still going to be there it's still going to be functioning you know the bar and and the restaurant industry the entertainment industry the uh that that stuff is going to be hard hit but if you're making craft macaroni and cheese and then transporting craft macaroni and cheese and uh i alone I mean, if if crafts stock went up, it's because of my investment in Hamburger Helper over the last few days, you know, (laughs) so there are going to be parts of the economy that are not going to be completely demolished by this, you know, and there and and I don't expect my industry to be demolished by this. I, I, I think there's a lot of projects on hold, but what I think is there are going to be creative people sitting at home for two months, finally working on that thing that they've always wanted to work on. Or write that copy they've been too stressed out to work on. And there's going to be this creative explosion of great things that have been worked over and over and over out of this. Like there was after the writer's strike. And so this time of rest may not be a horrible thing. Correct. There's a tons of people out there that have probably said, you know what? I could create, I could write a good book. Go ahead. Or, or I want to learn how to make a video game. You have basically what like three months now. Yes, you can be a pseudo okay at you know at 
Unreal Engine or whatever engine you want to pick. Pick a pick a game engine. Do it. Make a game. You could probably make three games in this time. You know, in the next three months. LinkedIn, Maybe. LinkedIn Learning, the Khan Academy, um, mm-hmm. all these, all these various. You know, everybody's got a course. There's tons of time to read. Tons of time to learn. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get finished because they switched up the CCNP uh, uh, exam. And so I want the new CCNP uh, certification. So, and I haven't had time to study for it. Perfect. Yeah. Reinhold, you are a remote worker by law, by and large. Um, by law. By, I didn't call him large. Uh, I know his I shirt, am, though. I know larger his shirt size, life. but um, it's larger than life. That's right. That's your mom tells you you're a big boned. <laughs> uh, what what are you seeing in the the work from home revolution type? I, I mean, uh, do you see this as a doom and gloom situation? Like is or do you see this as a? I see it as kind of a time of adaptment. So I think everybody will be working from home in twenty years, and this is going to be the the match that kind of lights that off. I mean, do you think I'm crazy? You're you're knee deep in I, it. I do not. I've been calling for people to start, you know, working from home more than they do currently. I mean, uh, for the past decade. So I'm all for this. I think it's great as far, you know, as far as the working from home bit, right? I'm not all the other stuff, but um, I mean, it's going to lower the amount of traffic on the roads. It's going to lower the emissions which, that we're putting out from cars. It's going to lower the demand for gas, which is going to lower the price for gas. You know, so all of this stuff really makes things so that when you have to go out, you're you're going out and you're not running into all these people who just like rush hour has been horrible, you know, a, a horrible thing. If we can get some of that taken off the road by people staying at home and working, um, then maybe we can you know, make that experience a little bit nicer, too, that when you do have to go out, you're not, you know, stuck in traffic jams and stuff like that. Yeah, um, my 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 commute from. Uh, for me is always as for the past uh, 10 years, probably been, you know, uh, 50 feet, you know, to my office, you know, so it's not like I have, I'm not wasting uh, two hours a day in a car going to someplace working and then coming back home. So I save a couple hours a day to do other things out of that. And you had mentioned something about, um, going out and making sure your community is taken care of and doing what you can to, uh, to help other people. Remember that viruses are infectious, but so are emotions, right? So how we treat each other is going to spread just as fast. If we, if you're kind to someone, if you smile at somebody, um, that goes a long way, although you may not think it does, but it's, it affects them. Then they will in turn be more, happy or more content or more willing to help other people. So they'll pay it forward and they'll help somebody else that spreads very quickly. Um, so I think that's what I want to see us kind of come to grips with in that, in this time uh, is, is coming, is coming to understand that and really acting upon it more in a more thoughtful process. Um, and, and I think that's going to do more to help um, society, not just through this, but, going forward so there's 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 potentials i think for lessons to be learned uh but we also have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and our community and our family and uh just protecting ourselves from um negative negativity or anger or or frustration 
So. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that there's going to be disagreements, and it's already starting to show in in our group. And I think there is, you know, just like after nine eleven, massive mistakes were made after nine eleven because people were afraid. Uh, and so, keeping a clear head and diving into information, I think the dumbest thing that I have seen over the last week is. People repeatedly saying to me, stop watching the news. I, that is the bird cry of the idiot. <laughs> because what you, what, what the best way to, to challenge yourself is to hear a lot of information and pick apart what is good. And the more news you watch, the better at picking out propaganda you become. And so there is a lot of propaganda. There is a lot of, of stuff that's going to happen that we don't necessarily agree with as libertarians. There's a, a lot of fear in the libertarian community right now because there's tremendous government overreach. I mean, uh, but, you know, trying to talk that out, I think, is going to be the best way to do it. And that's what we're going to do here on the show every night at 7 p.m. I'm going to be hosting most of them uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to open it up to the wall contributors. We're going to have people come on. We're going to talk about every aspect of this. We're going to keep you updated on the news. We're going to continually, we're, we have a research team. So if you're listening and you're stuck at home and you're bored and you're good at finding links or organizing information or picking apart the best parts of, a, of an article or you're good at pulling audio and editing those little clips uh, and you've got some time, on your hands and you want to be part of a community that is contributing to something, then please send me an email at editor at we are or you can private message Hody Johns uh, or myself on any platform and I'll connect you with Hody and Hody will get you set up and you'll, you'll work with Sam, our lead researcher to kind of get things organized. Um, because what we want to do here is bring you as much information as possible so you can make your decision and through every night, at 7 o'clock through these conversations that we're going to be broadcasting where hopefully you will participate in the comment section on our YouTube channel, so go subscribe. We're going to have disagreements. And you're going to hear things that you disagree with because it may be per in your personal interest, for instance, to have the government paying your paycheck during this time of job loss. I fundamentally don't agree with that philosophically. I'm going to explain to you why. And I'm going to do it in as nice of a way as possible, you know, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't. Maybe you agree if you're a listener with the stimulus package that Donald Trump is planning, and I'm probably going to disagree with you, but I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to do it in a way that hopefully you understand my point and is not insulting. These quarantines, for instance, there are a lot of libertarians who are not ter terribly upset with the bar and closure, the bar and restaurant closures in a lot of states yesterday. Well, there's cases to be made for why it was perfectly reasonable from a NAP violation libertarian perspective. It's not the widely held view. And we're going to talk about that stuff. And there's going to be arguments between libertarians. And we're going to try and do that in a respectful way. And so there's going to be a lot of friction in society is my ultimate point. The fabric of our society is going to be pulled even more than it already is. And there's two outcomes. There's the hairy outcome, and there's the Chris Spangle outcome. 
where Harry, with his 87 gallons of gas, 19 million rounds of ammo, three houses with bug out bags in each one of them, every my house is going to be overrun. I don't think we're going to get there. If you really look at it, the Spanish flu and World War I happened at the exact same time. Guess what happened? Society flourished after that. And then World War II happened. And guess what? It was the most destructive war in human history. And society flourished after that. The human species is a very adaptable animal. We are a very adaptable people. And the best way to adapt is to hear new ideas. And so join us every single night at 7 o'clock, and we're going to be talking this through. And we're going to try and understand it and make sense of it. Because when you have a complete reset of our way of life, either temporarily or permanently, we have to try and figure out what's going on. Um, because this is a very complex thing. You've got government action and how they're making things worse in a lot of ways. You've got uh, intricate markets being shut down. And what, what does that look like? You've got a, a pandemic and you've got the healthcare system potentially being overrun. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think that we're immune to it. I think in the next two weeks, we're going to see significant problems here in Indiana we had one death yesterday. We have two deaths today. And the way that this goes is four deaths tomorrow, eight deaths the next day, 16 deaths, 32 deaths, 64 deaths. It's not a linear progression. It's not one, two, three, four, five, six deaths. It's one, two, four, eight, 16, 32. Um, but we're going to be, you know, my local radio show tomorrow I'm talking to a uh, uh, very high up person who understands the virus intricately. We're going to, uh, I'd ask you to go out, subscribe to now hear this. So you can hear that interview we may play portions of it on this show. Um, we're going to be talking to experts. My friend, Pete, the planner is going to come on. He's a financial planning expert. We're going to try and find experts who can talk out a lot of what's happening and, and try to help us figure it out. We're going to talk to probably some government officials and go, why are you closing things? Why is this so draconian? What is your reasoning? Um, and push back on them a little bit. Uh, the, the challenge with getting experts is many of them are very busy in their own field right now. I, I reached out to the Indiana Department of Health and even the giant radio cluster in the state capital that I work for, they said, we just don't have time. We just don't have the ability. Um, so, uh, you know, I just stick with this, but you're going you're gonna to have to... You have the time to read and understand, so do it. Yeah, yeah, because most people have, whatever, 30-hour you know, uh, travel time to work. You don't have it anymore. Right. Take the time. Read a book. Read a book. What, what do you guys think? So my, my best gut on this quarantine stuff is in a week, you're going to see most state and local – um, community shut down. So right now you can go to Chick-fil-A and go through the drive-thru, but that won't be possible. But you're still going to be able to drive to your friend's house. You're still going to be able to walk around. Your f grocery stores and pharmacy is going to be open, but Staples isn't. You know, that's kind of where I think most... Now, the, the reality is these emergency travel declarations that they put out, much like during a blizzard or a hurricane... They don't have the resources to stop you, and they can't really ticket you if they do. 
That's a, that's what I have come to understand. And it depends totally on the municipality or the state. Um, but even if there is a quarantine and they tr- close roads down, there's not a whole lot they can do except tell you to turn around or whatever. And you can just go, okay. And then, you know, dip down a different street and head along your way. So they're not going to be welding us in our, in our homes, <laughs> but I do think that this is kind of disturbing. I think from a libertarian perspective and we've, you know, Reinhold for 80 years has bathed in the paranoia that is collapsitarianism. Uh, Harry has acted on it. I think we, we are sitting here going, this is what we, <laughs> Doom Paul is ringing in my head, man. Uh, we warned you. It didn't have to be this way. I mean, what what is what are you guys thinking about the quarantines? Well, I I don't think it's gonna. I don't think the we're gonna get to the point where like the drive-throughs aren't open. I think there's still gonna be drive-through openings and takeout carry carry out food because that doesn't spread. Um, you you have the social distancing then still, and it doesn't really spread. What we know about the virus is that it doesn't really last long on surface surfaces so trying you know passing it on through that method doesn't really work too well um so i don't see the downside to keeping those open so that people could still go and get food and and still have a business and that sort of thing but i mean it could happen it could we could get travel advisories where you say hey you know don't do this if, if you do that and um i i just don't see it getting that far to be honest Someone, someone, someone told me they go. Oh, there's no way the bars and restaurants reopen. I'm like, really? Like, do you you really think that you really think that the government's just gonna keep all these people out of work? Like, the whole reason the Federal Reserve is now in charge of unemployment and put themselves in charge of unemployment was to quell civil unrest. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that's in in my opinion a lot of why these curfews and and quarantines and job shutting down people are so freaked out they don't want civil unrest so they they give guidance and everybody takes oh well we got to cancel any event over 10 even though there's no legal teeth to it but everybody just obeys the guidance blindly to, to well, quote, that's what we to, would do too in a, in a libertarian society though if we had a, an organization that was saying hey we recommend this a lot of people would voluntarily stop doing it or it doesn't have to be forced behind it in order to accomplish the kind of the same things Correct. It's the thing that libertarians have been saying about for what what is it, like been 50 plus years. It's the idea of I don't have to be told to put my seatbelt on to wear my damn seatbelt. It's yeah. a good idea. I'm just going to do it to save my life and others. When you pull up to a stop sign, you don't pull up to a stop sign because of the sign. You pull up to the stop sign to not get killed. <laughs> right. You stop. You, you know, you... It is that is that 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 creepy thing with libertarians is that the aspect of well they can't tell me to do this yeah but it's still a good idea you right know? even at the thing to it it's like do you if someone you know just like this, I go back to seatbelts you know they tell you to wear your seatbelts you just unfunt like well I'm just take the seatbelt off disable my airbags well I do that too but that's a different story right but uh it's it's just goofy that like you just just disregarding it just because someone told you to. I, I would note that the attitude of people, the the beautiful thing about last week was the voluntary cooperation, and everybody saying nobody needs to tell us to shut down. 
We're shutting down because it's the right thing to do for a societal good, no matter the cost to our bottom line. And you know shit's serious when billionaires start giving up billions of dollars. When it affects rich people's pockets, then you know that they're serious about it. Um, I got a... Let me say this. The attitude on your Facebook feed from people, I don't know about you guys, but my timeline has gone from, man, this sucks, but the NBA is doing the right thing, to when the government closed down the bars and the restaurants, to fuck you, government, I'm going to do what I want, and people dig in. like That force and the government action of being told what to do is what I think people... Now, it may just be that that segment of society who go to bars and restaurants didn't fully believe it because they were still in the bars and restaurants. <laughs> and so they, they're mad because they are doing something they don't believe they have to do. But in general, I just find the, the general conversation has switched to being angry and a little more amped up because people don't like to be told what to do. It's just basic human nature. So, Harry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? It's, I think I lost my point. All right. I apologize. Well, you know, we're going to start wrapping this up because these are not going to be terribly long. Um, Tomorrow night, we're going to explain what is the coronavirus and explain some of the epidemiology of this. And if you get the symptoms of it, there's... Have you guys in conversation? I've noticed this thing over the last, like, couple weeks. And I think it's because people... People want to be hopeful about their own personal health. Everybody says to me, you know, I think I had it in January. I'm pretty sure I got it last October. I'm like, it didn't jump to human beings till late November. Like, I have noticed a trend of people kind of saying, I think I've got it. It's like, no, allergy season started this week, which is the worst time for it. So, uh, I also heard black people are immune to it. Black people can get it, and young people can get it. I, I got a message from a pat-down listener. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesse Fisher. He says, who's the skinny, <laughs> handsome fellow with the nice haircut that replaced Spangle? But uh, there was a guy, uh, there, there's a, somebody sent me this message, and, uh, and I'll read it for you because I think it was kind of indicative of, the, of why everybody's staying in. I don't think we need to totally go into blunting the curve. We will tomorrow. And, and explain some of the numbers on this stuff. But uh, let me see. Where's her message? Sorry. Fascinating radio, I know. Yep. Yep. <sighs> the best. Yeah. This is, and this is, you know, oh, how, how can I put this? Uh, you know, until I see, I'm going to need at least 10 black guys with the disease, their grandmamas, <laughs> Prove, uh, you know, confirming their identities. Uh, Chris Spangle there with Dion taking notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm he, surprised somebody hasn't War of the Worlds this thing yet. Tried to you know just do a comedy show and stir up oh, a no, bunch no, of fear. No, oh, man, no, no. that FCC fight will be disgusting. Day day, th- day <laughs> three. Day three, we'll get into uh, the the asteroid that's apparently headed our way. So that's <laughs> that's April. Um, so I promise not to panic people, but so don't Google the asteroid that is apparently going to hit the earth. 
so what, what I've been asking people on social media, send me information. I've now got sources who are at the CDC. I've got information from listeners across. You know, I have I got that message about the Stafford Act will be invoked and we're going to have martial law at the federal level. And, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that the federal government can enforce a, a mandatory quarantine. I don't think that they have the not only do they maybe I, I I was sent something. I haven't studied it yet because I haven't gotten to the legalities of the quarantine stuff yet. But the reality is that let's say President Trump says there's a federal mandate to quarantine everybody. Then only federal policing agents can arrest you. State and local can't arrest you. The military is not allowed to police in America. So there's not enough FBI agents to round all of us up. So like everybody don't calm down about that. Like there's a lot, there are so many forwards going around from, I got this from my aunt who works at the DOD. And I'm not saying that there isn't going to be in the next 48 to 72 hours, a a significant tightening of a lot of this stuff. And who knows what it looks like next year. I'm I'm a I'm as paranoid a libertarian as many of you listening. I'm just trying not to be irresponsible on the airwaves. Okay. So when you get some of the stuff, please know that it may not be true, but forward it to me because I want to know, like if you're out there, I want to know what's happening in your area. Editor at wearelibertarians.com. You can also private message me. If I don't respond, please don't take that as me not caring. It's that I am already from multiple audiences, just getting a lot of information, which I really want to collect that information. I may just not be able to properly thank you in the way that I would like to do, but I want to know what's happening in your area. And so please inform me, hit me up on messenger on on Instagram, Twitter, email, whatever. uh, And let me know what's going on. And this person who listens to the Pat down podcast, which is a comedy podcast that I do with miss Pat and Dion. uh, She writes, I wanted to tell you a bit about our situation in my hometown. We had a 27-year-old woman that got sick. She went to the doctor and tested negative for strep. She hadn't been out of the country, so they didn't test her. A week later, she wasn't better and was giving the test and was given the test for coronavirus. While waiting for the results, she had to be incubated and flown to a bigger hospital. They weren't sure if she would recover. She was on a ventilator for almost a week and finally recovered. She's a 27-year-old healthy woman. No pre-existing illnesses. Sadly, a 66-year-old man with a heart condition in her church died from the virus and complications with his heart issues. This was the first known case in Kentucky and the first death. If you're young and don't get better, go get tested. And I think that's uh, something that I've, I've heard that black people can't get it too. And there you look at the John Hopkins data and Africa has nothing. It's like, they don't have tests either. It's like black people can get it. Please understand that young people can get this. If you get it, you are probably not going to have symptoms or have a mild cold or a fever. Shortness of breath is the hallmark. It is a viral infection of the lungs. And, and it's, if you're having problems breathing, you should go in. If you think that you have symptoms and you can get a test, you should get tested because then other people in your circle need to know that you've been infected and they need to take precautions to quarantine too. So I'm not saying don't go to the hospital, but if you get symptoms, your eyes get watery and itchy, you're a little hard of breath because you've been sitting on the couch for the last week and haven't exercised in three, like me, 
uh, <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> I'm hard of breath. I can't breathe. It's like, uh, your fat ass hasn't worked out in two weeks. You load. Uh, what I don't, what I'm worried about is that because everybody is so fearful of this, they're going to get some symptoms and everybody's going to rush to the hospital, especially when cases start to pick up. And so what I, as a 36 year old male who is healthy with no underlying health conditions does not need to do is go to the hospital for treatment. If I'm not having problems breathing and I've got a fever, I just, there's nothing they can do for me. They, antibiotics do not work. This is a virus. If you take antibiotics, you're probably making more, it worse. Uh, there, I saw a news article from an actual, I think it was CNN. Uh, some pain relievers may make this worse. So do your research. If you do get it, make, make sure you, before you put over-the-counter drugs in your body, Google it. And make sure it's from a reputable source like a Johns Hopkins. Um, so those of us who are healthy and can stay home don't, and don't need to go get treatment because we're not having significant breathing problems, we can be part of the solution by not overrunning things. So uh, that, that's just one thing to keep in mind. So if you're experiencing symptoms, stay home. Stay away from everybody. It's like uh, apparently it's not the... It's like it is draconian that everybody's staying home because the fact is, is that it's it's the distance and not sneezing on each other. It's the particles in the sneezes that get and, and infect you and and you're most contagious when you have symptoms. And so we, you know, we can work six to ten feet from each other like a golf course is staying open out in Boss Hogland. That's perfect. Like there's no reason for a golf course to be shut down. You know, but if you're working in a cubicle farm three feet from each other and everybody's sneezing, like that's just a recipe for disaster. So um, we'll, we'll get into why the quarantine stuff is necessary tomorrow, what the disease is, a little more about the symptoms, and give you a little more information on some of that stuff. So tune in tomorrow at 7 on the We Are Libertarians YouTube, uh, and, and you can watch it there and participate there. Uh, so final thoughts from you guys. Uh, let's start with Dennis. So, oh, excuse me, Reinhold. I'm sorry. Um, so we were talking about the the impact of this, uh, what society is going to be like, whether people are going to turn on each other or we're going to help each other. And I think while you're ta- we we're talking about that, I kept thinking back to my time in southern Texas and Louisiana right after Katrina and the other hurricane right after hit. Right. So I was down there and things were just shut down. There were businesses destroyed. People had nothing. They had no um, where to get food from. They had nowhere to uh, get any kind of help from, you know, so it, it was kind of like uh, a, a large quarantined area in that regard where they're just, they just had no functioning society. And uh, there were initial reports of some looting going on the, the day after the hurricane or the day after that. But for the most part, it was one of the great stories of how people, came together as a community and other people came and helped those people um, recover from that, that horrible situation. So I can see the same thing happening here in the United States uh, globally, just be, just from that, because we are just a, a set of communities and really, as long as we take care of ourselves, we take care of the people around us and everybody does that, then everybody gets taken care of. And that was really the goal. I think Harry, 
um, if you do a quick internet search about the ibuprofen thing, you will get some neat articles talking about the sensitivity of it. Um, the other thing um, I want to discuss is when you are like looking up, don't forget while you're at home and you're eating all these canned foods and your survival stuff foods. The another thing you might want to look up, you know, cause you're paranoid. The one thing you can do to also keep yourself, you know, safe in your house is look up foodborne illnesses. Uh, what, you know, yes, you're washing your hands and sanitize it, but do not open that can of chili and eat out of it, you know, without heating it up to proper temperature, just eating out of the can. Especially or if it's a potato. dented can. Yes, dented cans. Yep, this, always some of you guys are pulling out some of these old canned foods you haven't eaten. Trust me, it is not worth it. You learn how to, t- you know, from a good can, from a bad can. It, it, you know, you do not want to be at the hospital right now with a foodborne, uh, with botulism because, you know, you're, you're in your bunker and you're eating bunker food. Right. You know, so these are something that you can actively do to save yourself and others. You know, a lot of times we laugh. I, people laugh at me when I tell them like, Hey, that food's been out way too long. Throw it out. Not now, not especially not now. I'm just like, uh, don't be on the roads. Don't be on the roads. Just because of the fact that if you get in, in an accident, you just took down, you know, now there's ER guys dealing with you because you decided to go joyriding in your car that's a, and that's you got a bar in your chest. Yeah. That's a huge part of it too. You know, people just accidents happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Be safe. Yeah. If you want to go out and bicycle ride, cool. Put your helmet on. I, I hate wearing my helmet too. Mess up my fro, but no, put the helmet on. Actually, uh, yeah, I actually went out today. Um, what and got in the car and drove so uh, we have a so I, I live in the country so there's really nobody like right near me um, and we have a few neighbors but you know we all keep our distance for the most part um, so I drove to like the local big town that we all kind of congregate to for uh, where we get our food where we get a fast food where we get our gas that sort of thing uh, it's right off of the exit uh, uh, on 70, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a, a bunch of like a McDonald's and a, an Arby's and things like that. And kind of everything built around that. So when the dining rooms were open and people were getting off the interstate and getting in the dining rooms and all these people were commingling in that area, um, that was a big spread of the virus, I think. But when I went there today, I was expecting to kind of see everything kind of shut down and not very many people, but there were a lot of people driving around. There were people going through the drive throughs There were people were still out doing things. Right. I think they were being, um, they were, they were taking the proper precautions uh, and they weren't like getting in people's faces or doing anything like that. And like I said, the, the, all the dining rooms are shut and closed up, but uh, I think that's probably the most appropriate response right now. So I, I didn't feel uncomfortable uh, and I really just went there to see kind of what the situation was like. I didn't get out of my car and go shopping or anything like that, but um, yeah, it was, I think I think people are handling it and responding appropriately for the most part. Uh, one other thing is, uh, so I just got a notice from someone, uh, and they got a, a status share. They shared a status that basically said, uh, "Hey, if you think this is a hoax, there may be a mandatory shutdown." Check on your neighbors. Just make sure you've got supplies. Like students in China have, uh, um, you know, they thought it would last a couple weeks and the shutdowns lasted two or three months in China now. You know, so just keep that in mind. And that got zucked. 
A lot of people shared an article from from Fox 59 News about Governor Holcomb and testing kits. I shared it. That got zucked. Uh, one person is saying that there's an algorithm issue, but if you get a lot of posts removed, I want to know it. Uh, if you're getting stuff removed from social media from, uh, you know, like if it's conspiratorial and you're posting this is a biological weapon designed by the American military to control the Chinese, then, like, don't bother sending me that because you probably, like, you know what's going on. Come on. But if you're sharing a Fox 59 article or a TMZ article where TMZ wrote an article about San Francisco being closed down and gave the details and that got zucked, I want to know. I want to try and figure out if that's an algorithm thing or if this is a consistent problem too. So mainly what I want to do is be a clearinghouse of information for our listeners and uh, help you figure out what's going on. So please send us stuff and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll handle all that inbound stuff. So uh, before we go, I do want to thank our patrons. Uh, I know that the, the urge is probably there to start reevaluating your finances, and I'm going to be taking a look at monthly subscriptions. I will say I, I understand if you have a change in your financial situation and you need to cancel. I'm not going to be upset about that, uh, and I will never, I will never uh, look at that as an insult. Um, but uh, I will say that if we get significant all of my extra income that kind of helps me pad some of the, the wall stuff is now gone. Like I've lost a lot of side gig income uh, and I was starting to build that into a business and do start to do well. And I was going to work on some big projects. That's all kind of gone. Like if we, you know, so the, the margins are getting tight around. We are libertarians. That's for sure. And I may have to start cutting some stuff myself. So you know, I would just say if you if you consider canceling your Patreon, can you make us one of the last ones? <laughs> because we're we're really going to be working hard to provide you with a lot of good information, and and the the money that is given by our patrons is used as for our tools, and it's not a situation where I make gobs of money on this. It's I put it right back into what we're doing here. And uh, so I really do appreciate everybody that continues to sustain us and, and help us grow, especially our $100 a month pledgers. And that is Matthew Durbin, Christy Avery, Jeff Bennett, Jason Doolittle, Ed Brehob, and Craig DaCosta. And we thank you guys so much. There is going to be new merch. So if you check out the Patreon tiers, there's uh, some new Patreon uh, incentives there. If you're... At the ten, twenty-five, or a hundred-dollar level, you can get a sticker, a, a poster, and/or a T-shirt. Um, depending on the level, you'll get all three, or two, or one. Um, and we've got some extra content that I, I pledged to start doing in April. We're going to see how much content we have to plug out on this main feed here, uh, depending on how things go. If we look and it goes two two months from now, and it's like, all right, you know, in two weeks, chlorinique and vaccines and all kinds of things are tamping this down. Awesome. And we're going to go back to business as usual. Um, but if not, we're going to continue to make sure that you got uh, good information. So uh, please, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash we are libertarians or hit our website. We are libertarians.com. Uh, and uh, please, we, we appreciate your support. So thank you everybody so much for listening and we will see you tomorrow. Please spread the word. If you find this valuable, if you find this helpful, then please share the information that will help your friends hopefully feel a little more comfortable 
about what's going on, and we really do appreciate you. Harry, Reinhold, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network, and you can find more great shows like this at wearelibertarians.com. Shows like We Are Libertarians with Chris Spangle, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Now Hear This with Chris Spangle, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, and our training podcast, Upward, Libertarian Activism. All of these shows are supported by our patrons. If you'd like to become a Patreon member, visit wearelibertarians.com. Thank you so much for listening to this show.